Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners, and you can become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month. And I want to welcome our latest Patreon supporters, Kathleen and Ian, both of whom uh, have become uh, Patreon supporters at the Shamus level of $4 or more per month. Uh, thank you so much for your support. Uh, you can also support the show on a one-time basis, support.greatdetectives.net. Use the Zelle app to send a box 13 at greatdetectives.net or by mail to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. Also, over at greatdetectives.net this weekend, check out my review of Earl Stanley Gardner's book, The Court of Last Resort. Well, today we're going to take a listen to T-Man. And to talk about T-Man, we need to talk about T-Men. T-Men was a 1947 film noir uh, that starred Dennis O'Keefe as one of two treasury agents that went undercover to break up a counterfeiting ring. Uh, it is a really good film if you do have Amazon Prime, and most people in the U.S. do, though a lot know, don't know that they have access to a good quality streaming service. So if you do have Amazon Prime, as of this recording, which is nine days before the air date, you can actually watch the whole movie. T-Men was uh, one of several uh, procedural noirs that were produced by Eagle Lion. Probably the best remembered one today is He Walked by Night, which uh, was a film that Jack Webb uh, worked on and where he met the uh, police consultant who gave him the idea for Dragnet. But T-Man was a really good film, and there was actually a Lux Radio Theater adaptation of T-Man done in 1948. Sadly, that episode of the Lux uh, Radio Theater is lost, or otherwise that's what we'd be playing today. So we flash forward to 1950 and the series T-Man, where Dennis O'Keefe is reprising his role from the film, as Dennis O'Brien, which might be confusing since we have Dennis O'Keefe playing a character named O'Brien after a series in which we have the lead character played by an actor named O'Brien. We can be thankful that uh, Johnny Dollar was not named Johnny O'Keefe, or this would just be intolerable. At any rate, we're going to bring you the audition episode for T-Man. The audition date is April the 29th, 1950, and the title is The Case of the Bleeding Gold. T-Man, starring Dennis O'Keefe. There's a guy out in Los Angeles wanted by Uncle Sam, and they told me to go get him. 
I don't know if this guy's short or tall, fat or thin. I don't know his habits or his pals. Don't even know his name. But I'll bet you my badge I pick him up. Because that's the way Uncle wants it. With Dennis O'Keefe, starred as Agent Dan O'Brien, we bring you another story of the relentless war against crime, fought by the agents of the Treasury Department. A war in the public interest, fought by T-Men. Tonight, the case of the bleeding gold. What turned out to be the first break in the bleeding gold case came on April 6, 1950 at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. But it didn't start in Washington. It started all the way across the country on a dark street in Los Angeles, California. Okay, Prela. We got it. Let's get out of here. Where's Clink? Coming. He got sidetracked back there. He's been warned before about that. Here he comes. Taking candy from a baby. Put the stuff in the back. Okay. Clink, let's see what you've got in your pockets. Huh? Let's get going. Clink, I said let's see what you've got in your pockets. Well, I'll get sore. Pray. Turn out your pockets, Clink. Okay, okay. So I thought so. It's a pretty necklace, Clink. Yeah, that's why I... You know the orders. Gold jewelry. No stones. No diamonds, rubies, sapphires, and no pearls. Stones can be traced. We want gold. Just plain gold. But I thought Put I... Put that necklace back where you found it. Back? In the store. Now. Okay. Okay, okay. I'm taking it back. Shut the door, Brownie. Yeah. Gonna leave Clint here? Yes. But he's taking the stuff back. Yes, but for the last time. And that doorway makes a nice frame. A murdered hoodlum in a robbed jewelry store in Los Angeles shouldn't concern the Treasury Department. But the boys in California thought different. They sent the local police report through on the teltype, and the first thing in the morning, the chief had me in his office. What do you make of it, Dan? Hmm. $20 gold piece. I haven't seen one in a long time. It's not bad, either. Rings all right. Feels all right. Now, what about the engraving? Yeah, it's a little fuzzy in the background, but it's a darn good counterfeit. Now, here's the weird thing about it. There's more gold in that coin than in a genuine $20 issue. More gold? Hmm. Where'd you get it? It was found on Clink Spencer. Oh, yeah. The fellow they picked up dead in front of the jewelry store? That's right. Gold jewelry. Counterfeit gold piece. But why? Why go to all that trouble to steal gold and then put more of it in a coin than even the government does? You know something, Chief? I like this. <laughs> I hoped you would, Dan. Because I'm about to lay it right in your lap. No, me and my big mouth. Uh, look, what about the boys in Los Angeles? They're working on it, of course, but... Uh, and I hate to say this to your face... You're the best counterfeit man we've got, so the best for you. Yeah, thanks for the orchid, Chief. Oh, can I use your teltype? Sure, I'll go with you. Any more of these gold pieces turn out? No, this is the first. We haven't got much to go on. When did we ever have much to go on? Oh, good morning, Mr. O'Brien. Hiya. Is that Los Angeles you're talking to, Mildred? Uh, yes, Chief. Now, tell him to hold on. Yes, sir. Better address it to Greg, Dan. He's the local man on the case. Know him? Not yet. Uh, they're waiting, Chief. Go ahead, Dan. Okay. Um, 
Greg from O'Brien, we gold jewelry, thieves, and or counterfeiters. Uh, I'm flying to L.A. end of week. Meet unsavory character. That'll be old me, O'Brien. Pershing Square, make it Saturday noon. Uh, Saturday noon? Yeah. Uh, first bench on left as you enter from 6th Street. You will be reading the New York News. Oh, what, little Abner is the cue. I guess that ought to do it. Yes, sir. Thanks, Mildred. Oh, uh, uh Chief, uh, I'll be with you in a minute. All right, Dan. I'll be in my office. Millie, about Saturday, I... Uh, I know, Dan. You don't have to explain. Mm, gee, I hate to break the day. Just be careful, huh? Sure. Sure. And you, too. So long, kid. Chief, I'll need a cover. Uh, could you get, say, Detroit police to send out Los, Los Angeles office a flyer on a guy named oh, Make It Harrigan? Wanted for robbery? You mean you're going to try for an inside job? How else can I find out who's running things? And use a good picture of me for a change, will you? Yeah. You'll know what you're asking for if you play it that way. Yes, I know. But I've got a hunch the only way to break this case is to get inside the mob. Okay, Dan. I'll get out a flyer. Good. And uh, send me another counterfeit gold piece. Oh, I know. I know they don't grow on trees, but get me one somehow. The one they found on the body's too dangerous. Okay. I'll send it to Greg. Well, I'm off to see the wizard. Be seeing you, Chief. Okay, mister, here's Pershing Square, the 6th Street side. Mm, I thought Los Angeles was supposed to be the city of sunshine. Hey, mister, ain't you never heard of the smog? <laughs> yeah, thanks. Oh, thank you. Mind if I sit down? Mm. <clears throat> mm. See, you're reading the New York News. Good paper, isn't it? Mm. How's little Abner doing today? He's in trouble. How are things, O'Brien? Name's Harrigan now. Hood from Detroit. Right. What's the plan? Try to get inside of this thing. Maybe a one-way street. <laughs> I know, Greg. But I've got to find out who's at the other end. What can you give me? Nothing that we haven't already sent to Washington. Nothing new? No. Where are you staying? Uh, I checked in the same hotel a dead hoodlum lived in, the uh, Riverside. Mm, good spot. Might pick up something there. Anything for me to know? Detroit police are sending out a flyer with my face on it. When it comes, you might have the local boys drop a few around here and there. One at the hotel might help. Right. How do I reach you, Greg? Hold on a minute. Oh, try it anyway. Potter's drugstore, Alvarado and Maine. Fountain clerks are our men, narcotics detail. Uh -huh. How are you going to contact the gang? I don't know. I was counting on some information from you. <laughs> you kid? Nothing, huh? This is a tight, tough gang. They must have used some of our methods before they opened up, surveillance and so on. They're convinced they got us all spotted. They run for the barn when they see us coming. Oh, you've been a real big help. Pick up the paper when I leave. The new gold coin the chief sent you's in it. Thanks. I have to go now. Stay put and watch your pigeons till I get clear. Happy landing. So I sat there and watched the pigeons. I looked at them and they looked at me. Maybe they thought I was a pigeon, too. I could be right. I watched to see that no one tailed Greg out of the park and thought back over what I knew of the case. A gold coin worth more than its face value and a dead hoodlum named Clink. An alcoholic, the dossier had said. Uh, an alcoholic. 
If Clink was a booze fighter, he probably had a favorite spot, a hangout, maybe close to the Riverside Hotel. Maybe. I canvassed an area four blocks square around the Riverside and found exactly 17 assorted places where a man could get fractured. A real thirsty town. I bought a four-ounce bottle of olive oil, which I downed in a gulp. I figured I needed a base for my operations. And by the time I hit Mac's bar and grill, I had flashed a coin enough times to wear it out and could sing Mule Train backwards. And so far, nothing. I couldn't see any grill in Mac, so I went up to the bar and into my act again. That'll be 20 cents. Here, here you are. Hot day. It's only April. Yeah, well, I guess my blood's too thick. I just blew in from Detroit. You don't say. Will you stop playing with that thing? It makes me nervous. Yeah, hey, come on, come on. Have a drink on me. I don't like beer. I'll make it scotch then. But hey, I'll take my gold coin. Your what? My coin, see? Yeah. Gold? <laughs> Finest minute. It's my lucky piece. Uh-huh. Well, thanks for the drink. He went away and stayed away. I flashed the coin a few more times and left. I pulled my routine in the two remaining bars in the block with the same results. Nello. I'd done everything but roll that coin on the floor. If I didn't get up to bed, I'd be doing just that, with it still in my pocket. As I fought my way up the creaky stairs to my room, I, I thought of the taxpayers, and how I never could convince them that this was what they paid me for. You don't have to kill him. Okay. Dump him on the bed. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Now there's nothing in the room. There's a suitcase here. Clothes. A very snappy dresser. Detroit labels. He must be a Detroit boy. Don't beat your brains out, Brownie. Now let's help him off with his coat. Yeah. Yes, there's a Detroit label in it, too. Taylor's name and his name. Uh, his name's Hogan or Hagen. Hagen. Don't you know how to read? Hold him, Brownie, before he gets ideas. Just rest easily, my friend. Stop it! What do you guys want? Where did you get this coin? My grandmother left it to me in a will. I don't care for that answer. Where did you get it? My grandmother left why were you flashing that coin around? Okay. Okay, I'll make conversation. The reason I showed the coin was maybe because I'm anxious to get in touch with a guy who knows how to make them. Anxious, sir? Why? Engraving on that one stinks. So? I'm peddling it to I. Yeah? That tragedy itself couldn't spot it as a phony. The die you've got is that good? Why are you looking for company? I've got to get the gold. A trail? Yes. This could be a T-man trick, a stakeout. I got a patent on stakeouts? I have doubts about you, Mr. <coughs> Let's not take no chances on this guy, Prayer. Do I look like a treasury rat to you? I lived with a guy once for three months, and then he puts the arm on me. All the time, he was a T-man. You could be right, Brownie, but... Get behind the door, Brownie. Answer him. Who's there? Pasquale, dead clerk. All right, open the door, Harrigan. And remember, we can see every move. Yeah? Uh, 
<laughs> there was a cop downstairs just now. Uh, say, what about him? He was looking for a man named Harrigan. There you go. My name's Johnson. You know that. I signed the register. You... This cop, he shows me this official paper with your picture on it. Wants to know if you're here. Let me see. I said nothing, senor. <laughs> of course, he may be back. Uh, perhaps, um... Ah, uh, no, okay. Here's a ten. Now get out of here and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Pleasure, senor. Pleasure. Here, let me see that. Uh, wanted flyer. Ah, uh, it's got baby's name and picture on it, all right. The Detroit police would like to get in touch with baby. What's the beef, Brill? Armed robbery, jailbreak. Now maybe we can stop going around in circles and get down to business, Mr. Prell. Yes, perhaps we can. Be outside the hotel at 7 tonight if you really have something to sell. Come on, Brownie. I'll be there. Goodbye, Mr. Harrigan. Angeles calling, Chief. Mr. Greg. Okay. Go ahead, Greg. O'Brien contacted me through the drugstore, Chief. Needs a set of dyes, good ones. Dyes? What for? I don't know. He's got some idea. Other wants them fast. $20 gold? Yes, sir. Also, a counterfeit coin made from those dyes. The best set we've got are those made by Anton Bauman. Bauman's been in jail for 10 years. Should be safe enough. You'll get him to O'Brien? Right, but rush him, Chief. You'll have him in the morning. What's the setup? Made contact with a couple of hoods named Prale and Brownie. Mm-hmm. Claimed he's got a perfect set of dyes, so they're taking him to meet the higher-ups tonight. I see. He'll have to stall him till he gets the dyes. Where he goes from there is anybody's guess. Just after seven that night, I was going up a flight of stairs in a down-at-the-heel building on Spring Street. Prale and Brownie flanking me. We stopped at the door marked R. Venice, broker. The office wouldn't have fooled anybody. The blonde at the desk would. Good evening. Well, hello. Hello, is Mr. Venison? He's on the telephone. Be through in a minute. Hey, you boys got a nice layout here. You uh, count in the secretary. Sit down, Harrigan. Thanks. Oh, say, don't you think you want to speak to your cleaning woman? The chair's a little dusty. <laughs> I've been meaning to take care of that. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you might tear a couple of sheets off your calendar. It's April, sweetheart, not February. Some clown. Think it'll be two more months before you use this office again? I'll tell Mr. Venice you're here. You talk a lot, Harrigan. Mr. Venice, Mr. Harrigan's here with Mr. Prail and Mr. Brown. Well, thank you, Carla. Come in, come in, boys. Well, you can stay too, Carla. Oh, uh, after you, Mr. Prail. And, uh, Mr. Brown. Some clown. Uh, sit down, boys. Make yourselves comfortable. All right. Well, now, we don't have to stand on any ceremony, do we, Harrigan? Let's have a look at that gold piece, Prale. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Not one of ours, but lovely. Fine piece of work. Oh, that gold piece is just experimental. I got a set of dyes that'll beat that one four ways from Sunday. Well, now, Harrigan, are we just supposed to take your word that your dyes are good? Uh, the Treasury Department itself couldn't spot them. If they're that good, why not use them yourself? <laughs> He's got a point, Harrigan. Well, why do you want to sell a set of dyes is one thing. Getting the gold to put into them is something else again. And uh, when do we see the set of dyes? When I see the gold. Uh, what happens if when we see them, we don't like them? Well, I'll have to look someplace else for the gold. Oh. Uh, Paul Miller will have to okay them first. Miller? No, technician. He's a hard man to please. Okay. Well, where do I find this Miller? 
Mr. Prale will attend to that. However, for your own sake, Harrigan, I trust those dyes of yours are as good as you say they are. There's only one thing wrong with them, Mr. Venice. Oh? They're hungry. For gold. Oh. <laughs> and speaking of hunger, I've got a date for dinner. Huh? Goodbye, everybody. I'll see you out, Mr. Harrigan. Thanks. Look, Venice, I don't see you. Now, that, uh, that date I have for dinner with myself. Oh, I could get a reservation for one more. <laughs> I work here, remember? And since the cleaning woman doesn't come in on Saturdays, I have a lot of dusting to do. Oh, it's a shame. A beautiful girl like you has to do all the dirty work. <laughs> yes, isn't it? Maybe some other time, huh? Could be, Mr. Harrigan. Could be. I had to shake my head to clear Carla out of my mind. This was no time to mouse around with a beautiful blonde. I caught a taxi and cruised around the block a couple of times to make sure I wasn't followed. Then I had him drop me at the quarter drugstore. I ordered coffee, and when the clerk brought it, he mopped up the counter with a bar towel. When he lifted the towel, a small package was beside my hand. The chief had them flown out. Those dyes were made by Anton Bauman. They're the best dyes ever captured by the department. Any luck so far? I've met a mug, a college graduate, a super salesman, and a beautiful girl. Maybe they'll lead me to the boss. I'll pass the sugar, will you? Sure. Thanks. Oh, by the way, they, they've got a fake office at uh, 72 Spring Street. 72 Spring Street. Got it. And uh, tell Greg to get me all he can on a Paul Miller. He's an engraver. Paul Miller? Yeah, I'm seeing him today. These dyes have to meet with his approval, whatever that means. Greg would like you to report here once a day, if you can. Mm, so would I. But if I don't, you better order a new boy and flowers. So this is where we meet the famous Miller. In the same tired, dusty office of one R. Venice broker. That's right. Miller, this is Harrigan. Oh, come in, come in, all of you. Uh, Brownie, stay there by the door. Pale, you and Harrigan come over to the window. Now, Mr. Harrigan, the dies, if you please. Sorry, Mr. Miller, I didn't bring them with me. Then what are you doing here? I told Venice and all of you that you can see the dies when I see the gold. If I know you people have the metal, maybe we can go into business together. In the meantime, here's a sample. Hmm. Lead. I know, but look at the engraving. Mm -hmm. Not bad. Not bad at all. Whoever did this was very good, Harrigan. But don't you know that the Secret Service has a file on every engraver in the United States? That's what makes this so good. The man who did this isn't in the files. He's a refugee, a Hungarian named Harthy in this country illegally. How did you get to him? Uh, well, I, was, uh, I was overseas a couple, three years ago, met him then. So you were abroad? Why did you tell me this, Prelude? He didn't tell me he was overseas. What does it matter to you if I was in Europe? Never mind, never mind. I'm satisfied with this engraving, Harrigan. But I'll have to see the dies before the boss will come to any turn. Uh, Brownie, you stay here and wait for Mr. Venders and Carla. And Prale, you stick with Harrigan and make sure he delivers the dies to us on the yacht tonight. Okay, Miller. Come on, Harrigan. Real smart boy, Miller. Yes. Now, let me see. I bring the dies to, uh, to, uh, a boat somewhere? We bring the dies. Oh. Prell. Yes? How am I going to get the dies with you hanging on to me all the time? What? Answer? I can't. So? So? Come on, come on, Answer. 
Fire Department. Let me speak to Greg, quick. Mr. Greg, just a moment, please. Come on, come on. Greg. Greg, this is O'Brien. I haven't got much time. You shouldn't be taking a chance like this using the telephone. I know, I know. Now, get this fast. I'm in the lobby of the Riverside Hotel, and I've got one of the dyes in my pocket. Yeah. The other face is upstairs in my room, taped to the bottom of the washbowl. Get it? Right. I'm on my way back now to that Spring Street office. I walked out on them, so the reception's liable to be hot. Uh-huh. If I can work it, we'll all be heading for the waterfront, a yacht somewhere or other, within an hour. Okay. I haven't got a gun, but I'll try and draw a shot if I can, if I can flush the boss. And you have the Harbor Patrol cover every yacht basin. On the shot, they move in. You're an idiot, Trey. Look, Mr. Venice, everybody had a look at him, passed on him. How was I going to know he was planning to hang one on me? He must be a T-man. We're in trouble. Even if he is a T-man, he's got nothing on us. Why worry? Well, he got close. Can't Prey will take care of that. Yes, yes. Prey will find this Harrigan. He won't have far to look. Huh? Harrigan. What's all the excitement about? Why did you slug Prey and duck out? Well, I didn't want him to know where I kept the other die. The other die? Yeah, the other die. I brought only the face die, not the back. Why? My name's not Santa Claus, Mr. Venice. I'm holding on to the other die for insurance. Miller ought to be able to okay the deal with one of the dies in his hand. The other one I keep. Till when? Till I see the boss and make a deal. Look, I'm the boss. No, 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 no. You're too much out in the open. Besides, you take orders. I told you... Mr. Venice. Yes. Miller liked the sample. Let's show Miller the die. Then let Harrigan meet the boss. Yeah, maybe you're right. Miller mentioned the yacht. Yes, he's down there now. And the boss should be there, too. Then I suppose we all go to the yacht. Just as soon as it gets dark. I've got Mr. Carlson now, Mr. Gregg. Thanks. Hello, Chief. Yes, Greg. Chief, I've got news. O'Brien got the dies and is meeting the head of the ring tonight aboard a yacht somewhere. Good work. But I've got news for you. The department had a time tracking Miller. No federal record. They finally dug up something in a small town down south. Local indictment. But get this. Miller worked with Bauman. Miller and Bauman? Then that means that he... That means he'd spot O'Brien's die immediately as a Bauman job. Get in touch with O'Brien. He's got to leave Los Angeles right away. He's got to break off contact with the gang. Right, Chief. I'll get right on him. Yeah. Smith, take two cars and head for San Pedro waterfront. O'Brien's walking into a trap. If I can't contact him at his hotel, it means he's heading for the beach with that crew right now. If you hear any shooting, head for it. I'm going to try to find O'Brien and stop him before he's too late. Big happy family. Shut up, Harrigan. Now, what's everybody so nervous about? Going to meet the boss? Harrigan, don't talk so much. Mr. Venice. Yes, Braille? We're being tailed. Huh? You sure? Yes. Fellow on a dark sedan. Uh, I don't like that. Don't worry. Brownie and I can take care of him. Nobody around these waterfront streets at this hour. Brownie, I'm going to swing the car across the street and block it. Right, Braille. Get your door open. As soon as I swing around, you'll jump out of the car. So you'll be ready for the guy trailing us. You'll have to jam his brakes and he'll have his eyes on the road. Got it. Okay. Here goes. All right, Brownie, move. Right. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can't be sure you... I don't have to be sure. You're crazy. I got him. Good work, Brownie. Now, let's get out of here fast. Guy didn't even know what ahead of him. And you know who he was? Local boy, Mr. Venice. Hangs around the treasury office. T-man. Right then, I stopped enjoying the ride. Greg had been a good man. He died in the public service. A nice epitaph, but I'd make it up for him. I'd make it up. (laughs) 
you and Brownie stay here at the end of the pier and keep a sharp lookout. Harrigan and I are going aboard. Come on, Carlo. Right. Quite a hunky yard. Smart place for a coining lad. Do I, uh, I get to see the boss when I get aboard? You'll see him when it's time. Oh, pardon me. I got carried away. <laughs> okay. Up on deck, Harrigan. All right. Now give me the die. Well, I thought Miller was going to look at it. He's down below. I'll take it to him. You'd better hurry, Mr. Venice. The boss doesn't like this kind of a setup. It'll only take Miller two minutes under a microscope. I'll bring him back with me if there's anything wrong. You know, Harrigan, if those dyes are good, we might talk some more about that dinner date. I was beginning to get it. It was a neat setup. A yacht they could move around while they worked. Gold coins. Against the law here, but not overseas. Say, in Europe. The black market, maybe. Sure, sure, that was it. They'd pay a dozen times the face value to get their hands on gold coins issued by the United States. And they got their gold from the jewelry stores, the cheap way. Minted the stuff aboard this tub and meant their foreign contacts at sea. It all figured. Harrigan. Hmm? Harrigan, you're a bright boy. We might all get along real well. Hmm. Especially you and me, huh? Yeah. Miller's finished it... his examination. He said he'd be right up. Oh, good. I'd like to get this deal set. The uh, young lady here and I are building some plans. It's selling real... Miller, what's that? Miller, what's that gun for? The dies. The dies Harrigan gave us. Huh? They were made by Bauman. Oh, now, wait a minute. I know these dies like the back of my hand. I was with Bauman when he made them. <laughs> and Bauman's been in jail for years. Federal jail. All his engraved dies were taken with him. That means... Harrigan's a T-man. That means a plan. Shoot. Miller, shoot. Shoot. Oh, no. What? This gun is not for Harrigan. Venice told me about killing the tea man when he brought down the die. I've always told you I don't like killing. I've always told don't you... Don't be a fool, Miller. You're in this as deep as we are. For counterfeiting, yes, but not for murder. I'm leaving. And Harrigan's going with me. That's playing a smart, Miller. Miller, Stand I'll... still! Harrigan, follow me. Why? There's a dinghy tied at the boat. Easy. Hail! Brownie, it's a... I... Come on! <laughs> I didn't mean to shoot Venice. Let me have that gun, Miller. I didn't mean it. Take me with you. Uh, it's Prell. Brownie. Come on. Come on behind the bridge. Here. Now, I'll keep down. Arrogant! We know you're there. Come on out, and we'll talk. You want me? Come and get me. Prell, look. It's the cops. Arrogant, you double-crossing rat! Prell, let's get out of here. It's too late, Prell. Throw your gun overboard and give up. I'll get you first, Harrigan. All right. This one's for Greg, Prell. Over here. Here. You okay? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got here just the right time. Thanks to Greg, poor guy. Before they got him, he told us he'd be aboard a yacht down here. We moved as soon as we could locate the shots. Good work, good. Julia, you didn't hit the girl, too, did you? Girl? I didn't see any girl. Tell him about me, Harrigan. You'll tell him about me, won't you? Yeah, yeah, I'll tell him about you, mother. We take this guy, too? Yeah. But uh, let, okay. you, let me explain. But what was this about a girl? Uh, she must be down in the cabin. You wait for me. <laughs> Hello, Carla. You all right? Oh, Mr. Harrigan. I was so scared. All that shooting and... and all that. <laughs> you can cut the act now, Carla. What... 
What do you mean? Oh, I've had a hunch about you all along. No one made a move till you gave the nod. And then when Miller called your name when he spotted that dive, <laughs> cinched it. Look, Harrigan. Oh, I have to hand it to you, Carly. You're smart. You ran that mob with a glove of velvet, boss. <laughs> with the officer and his men, and as I walked along the now deserted pier, I suddenly thought of an exotic flower I'd once seen in the tropics. A parasitic flower that thrived on death and decay. Beautiful, but rotten clear through. Well, geraniums may not be as pretty, but thank gosh there's a heck of a lot more of them. Man, starring Dennis O'Keefe, is produced and directed by Norman MacDonald, with special music composed and conducted by Richard Orant. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Welcome back. Well, that episode certainly borrowed a lot from the movie uh, T-Men. And by borrowed, I mean shamelessly ripped off all of the major plot points. Now, of course, there are differences. Uh, T-Men was concerned about uh, counterfeiting of paper currency, while the, this episode of T-Man was concerned with the counterfeiting of gold coins. But beyond that, so many of the plot points are just so similar, uh, with uh, O'Brien going undercover hiding one half of the currency-making tool. Plates in the movies and uh, dies in the radio version. Even to the same uh, point of the counterfeiters having their base of operations on a boat. And the counterfeiters expert recognizing the work that uh, O'Brien is trying to pawn off as uh, something from someone who the Treasury Department's never heard of before, when in fact it was by someone who the, both the Treasury Department and the expert were both familiar with. Now, to be clear, there's plenty of tea... Um, man movie plot that T-Man did not rip off, uh, believe it or not. So if you were kind of intrigued by this episode, I think you'll really enjoy the movie because there are so many different ways that uh, the movie goes. And of course, there's a great uh, visual element. Now you might wonder, you know, why they would uh, rip off so much of the movie plot, and I think that there are a couple of reasons for that. First, this uh, is really kind of a test of concept for the radio program. They're not trying to prove that they have 
clever writers. They're trying to give uh, Dennis O'Keefe a, a script he can work with and can tell a story and the type of stories that they'll tell. So reaching back to the movie together, a lot of elements does make uh, a bit of sense in that regard. Plus, you have to remember that it had been three years since the movie had been in theaters. It had been two years since uh, it had uh, been adapted by the Lux Radio Theater. So probably the CBS radio executives listening to it uh, didn't uh, feel like that this was uh, retreading old ground. And as a radio program, it definitely works. It does go for a bit of a hard-boiled edge, which the film had to an extent, but it's uh, heavier atmospherics here with the uh, narration and some of uh, the descriptions, but I think it really does work and make for an interesting half hour of radio. So even though it sounded a bit familiar to me since I just recently watched the film, I can definitely see why this got picked up as a summer series, and I'll look forward to uh, bringing you the surviving episodes that actually went to air. Now, some listener comments and feedback. Kathleen uh, writes in and says, I just wanted to thank you for your podcast on Spotify. I absolutely love old-time radio, detective stories especially. I started from the beginning, and I'm only up to December 2016 after listening religiously. I've been meaning to sign up uh, for your Patreon and finally took uh, the plunge. Your podcast is definitely worth $4 a month. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the uh, note, Kathleen, and also appreciate you listening out there on uh, Spotify, where we do have uh, a growing number of listeners. And I don't think that uh, we've been on there all that long. So if you've made progress all the way up to April of 2016, that's definitely impressive. Thanks so much, Kathleen. Well, now I want to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Robert. Robert's been one of our Patreon supporters since December 2018. Thank you so much for your support, Robert. And that will do it for today. Join us back here on Monday for Box 13. Next Saturday, we'll be back with another episode of T-Man. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.